0: I'm so excited. I'm so happy to be here this morning. Amen. We're not going to be labor the hour, but let us pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We just give you all glory and honor, God. You are mighty. Thank you, Jesus, for your awesomeness. Thank you, Lord God. You are amazing, God. There is no one else like you, Father. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for meeting us here, God. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts and do what only you can do, God. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are so excited to be here. It's been a minute since we've been here, so I'm just so happy. We're going to be talking about Elijah today, and we're going to 1 Kings 19. But just to give you some background about Elijah, Elijah was a bad, bad boy. He was Elijah was the uh, most powerful prophet and man of God in his time. I mean Elijah. I mean he was so bad that that he prayed and he he decreed that it would it wouldn't rain that it would stop raining for and it stopped raining at his word and and it then it what it didn't start raining again until he prayed and that was three and a half years later. And then, and and to give you background in the uh, first Kings chapter 18, we're going to be talking about 19, but in 18 is when it really is when it all goes down. It's, it's, it's really good. It's a really good chapter. We're not gonna. We don't have the time to really talk about it. But just to give you, to let you know how powerful Elijah was, that here it is. He is this man of God, and and he's and, and these were were times when the Israelites they have turned their backs on God, and and God uses Elijah and against the there were. It was Jezebel and all of her false prophets and, and King Ahab, who was a wicked king of Israel. And, and, it was, and she had her 450 uh, prophets of Baal and I think 400 uh, worshipped Asherah and, and all these people that were worshipping the false gods. And, and Elijah, he was one of the few that, that stood for God and he stood for what was right. And he challenged, he he brought a challenge to them and he said, okay, y'all bring your bull and and bring a bull for me and we're going to uh, put this bull on an altar and, and we're going to see whose God is the real God. And so they brought their bull and here it is that the prophets of Baal, they put their bull on the, on the altar and, and they're praying to, to Baal and, and, and they're doing all kinds of stuff to, they're cutting themselves and, and they're doing, and they're, and they're pleading and begging and nothing happens until we see Elijah comes to the forefront and he, and, and he says, okay, I want y'all and see, I loved, I loved 1 Kings 18 because uh, uh, Elijah, I mean, he was bad and he knew he was. He was powerful and he knew it. He said, okay, y'all, y'all uh, pour water on the sacrifice. And he said, and not only that, but, but dig a trench around the altar and fill that up with water. Because, you know, it's hard to burn something that's filled, that, that's drenched in water. And he said, now fill it up and, and now we I'm going to pray. And, and he prayed and the fire of God came down and consumed, not just the sacrifice, not just the bull, but the wood. Cause Elijah, he put the wood and there were stones that he set up and, 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 it, and God, the fire of God came and consumed all of the water. Not a drop was left. He, it was all gone. And so to show how powerful, not just how Elijah, but how powerful the God that we serve is. And so here it is though, but Jezebel, she had, she gave him a run for his money because she wasn't going to let him get away with that. So, so here it is though. But, but even before that, now that all of the God, the fire of God has came down and consumed the sacrifice. And now the, 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 The prophets of Baal, now they're afraid and they're trying to run away. But Elijah's not gonna let them get away. He said, Y'all stop them. He said, Bring them here. They took them to the Kidron Valley, I believe, in, and they and they and they slaughtered all 450 prophets of Baal. And Jezebel wasn't happy.
1: So here it is, Jezebel.
0: She sends a letter to Elijah through one of her messengers. And she says, Elijah, you're going to be like one of them because I'm coming after you. You killed them. Now you're going to be dead. You're going to be a dead man. And Elijah, he, re- he, he, he got this letter and immediately fear came over him. The Bible doesn't say that he prayed. The Bible says he ran. How many of us that when, when we get a, a bad news or the enemy comes against us that it, it's hard for us to pray that the, the fear is the, num- the number one thing that comes into our minds to, 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 to bring dread and to get us to, to take our focus off of God. But before I get too far. Let us go into our text. Now, the, the title of this chapter was Elijah flees to Horeb. But I like to rename things sometimes. And I rename that Elijah runs away from home. Elijah ran away from home because he was scared. Verse, chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. D- Does it sound familiar to anybody? Torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshai, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mahola, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Haziel, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Verse 19, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. We're talking about the three deadly deeds. Our title is, I'm finishing, I guess I'm finishing up the series, Messy. So we're talking about the three deadly deeds today to to finish it all up, to put it, to cap it all off. There are some things that are going to come against you that that will come to, to, to kill your spirit and your soul, to take your thoughts and your mind. And, and they are, and and we want to, and I named them the three deadly D's. The first D is distraction. We're just going to move fast and, and, and go on through this distraction. Elijah was distracted by fear. Fear is the number one thing that will keep you from your promise. It will keep you bound. He was distracted by fear. And instead of praying, he ran. And so he was scared. He was distracted with fear. I mean, like many of us. We get distracted, see the enemy, he'll come here, bring problems in our marriage and, and we'll get a bad health diagnosis and, and our children are acting up in school and, 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 and trouble is coming at us from the left and the right. And we become distracted because the enemy wants to take our mind. He wants to take our focus off God and it's hard to pray because, and I was just talking to someone this morning that when the enemy comes after you, that it's hard to pray and and it's hard to get in the word. And because all you can do is just think about that problem. He was distracted. That's all he could do. It, it, It consumed his mind to the point that he ran away. This powerful man of God, just to let you know, it doesn't matter how anointed you are. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. It doesn't matter how powerful you think you are, that the enemy, he knows your number and he will come at you and he will try to defeat you with fear. And so here it is that the enemy came against him He was distracted. Uh, Elijah was distracted, even though he was powerful. He was a powerful man of God. And, and Jezebel sent him this message, this woman. He let this woman scare him he just killed 450 prophets. He just called down fire from heaven. He's like, I'm bad. And I know I'm bad, but this woman is scaring me right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm running away. I, I can't say peace out. I'm gone. And so here it is that this Elijah and he's, he's afraid and he runs away and And his focus was no longer on the power of God, but it was on this death sentence that he just got. Distraction. He was distracted. And if you do not deal with that distraction, then it would take you to D number two,
1: discouragement.
0: He didn't deal with the distraction. Distraction. If he would have dealt with it, if he would have went to God instead of running, then God, I believe that God would have given him the strength that he needed to stand. But because he didn't deal with it, and I have said it before, that if you don't deal with that thing that is mastering you, then it will master over you. It will rule over you. It will deal with you. Discouragement came. He was discouraged. How many times do we encounter things that in our lives, we become discouraged. We feel like, Lord, what's going on? Why, why me? Elijah was discouraged. He said, in verse 4, he said, I've had enough. How, how many of us have said that, Lord? I have had enough. It's enough. When is this going to be over? He said, just, just let me die. He was so discouraged to the point that he wanted to die. He said, I'm no better off than my ancestors. They're dead. Now I'm going to be dead just like them. I'm no better than them. These didn't go the way Elijah thought they were going to go. Wouldn't it have been nice if when he called the fire down from heaven that, you know, that that Jezebel and Ahab gave him a pat on the back and said, woo, Elijah, Elijah's God is God. He's the real and true God. Elijah, come on in the palace and we'll make a room for you. And and, and we'll set you up and, and give you whatever you need. What do you do? When things don't go the way that you thought they would go. I'm sure Elijah was probably thinking, hmm, this didn't quite go the way I thought it was going to go. While he's sitting by that tree. And it's it's going over in his mind. Lord, this isn't how I pictured it. I didn't picture myself running away from my life. But what do you do when when it doesn't happen the way that you thought it would? After all, God just used him mightily. We just know that revival is about to break out. But it didn't happen like that. Instead of getting a pat on his back, it was too much for Elijah. He didn't know what to do. I think he was burnt out. Sometimes he was a prophet. And when you're in ministry and when, and when you find yourself busy and on your job and you're in a leadership position and, or when you're in ministry and you're pastoring and you're leading people, it's easy to get burnt out. You get overwhelmed. I think Elijah, he didn't think to pray because he just killed 450 prophets. He was tired. He was tired. He he, he didn't have time to rest. He was overwhelmed and and everything seemed like it just came burning. It came all down at one time and the test will come and see the enemy knows what to do to get you to, to run because instead of Elijah staying there and instead of him fighting, he ran, see the test will come to move you out of your position. It gets a little messy. We're talking about being messy. It gets a little messy. Sometimes and it will move that the enemy. He will use your, that, that, thing, that problem to move you out of your position, to, to move you from your post, to move you away from to keep you from doing, from walking in your purpose and doing what God has called you to do. He'll bring the messy stuff the messy stuff to discourage you and to distract you. And unless you deal with it, then it progresses. And, and Elijah, he was discouraged. And now it said D number three, I believe that he was depressed because he didn't deal with that distraction. He didn't deal with that discouragement. And now he's, he's depressing and and God is, and and now God, and and even though the angel is waking him up, saying, get up, Elijah, get up and eat. He's depressed and all he wants to do is sleep.
1: When you don't deal
0: with discouragement, it will give birth to depression. And I, I need to clarify depression because there are two, there are two types of depression. There's situational depression, and that's when life-altering events come at you to move you. And it's in, 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 in short-term because over time, you, you learn to deal with it, and as you go to God, God is able to give you the strength to deal with it and, the, and, 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 to, and to bring you through that. And then there's the clinical depression. There's depression, and it's long-term. Clinical depression is more long, long-term and, and, and clinical depression is, is, is where that life altering event or even s- sometimes your, your mother could have been depressed. And I believe that it can even be passed down uh, biologically or, or genetically because the, your mom, mother was depressed, your grandmother was depressed and now the enemy is trying to bring that, it's called a generational curse. That now, now you are depressed. Now, you may have to take medication and, 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 or see a therapist. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not demeaning that. You, do what you got to do to be healed. Because just like God, there are doctors for the body. There are doctors for the mind. So if you, have to, if you need therapy, you need to take your, take your medication. Do what you do, need to do to be healed. But I have to say, but nothing is too hard for God. Because God is able to heal you. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. God is still able to set you free. Because you don't have to settle. You don't have to stay there. It is the enemy's desire to keep you depressed, to keep you down and out. But God wants to bring you up and out. And God has the power that therapists don't have. God has the power to bring you out. Hallelujah. So get what you need. Neither is too, it's too hard for God, but today we're talking about the situational depression because we'll see later on how Elijah, he comes out of it. He doesn't stay there. And I praise God because God meets us right where we are at. And he told him, he said, Elijah, he, he didn't want to eat. He All he wanted to do was, was sleep and, and the angel had to wake him up. And I, and, and I've even thought about my own. Uh, situations some uh, that have come uh into my life and now I'm the kind of person that when when, when trouble comes all I want to do is I I, I I my appetite is gone, and there are other people they handle discouragement differently they all they, all they want to do is eat so so we we handle problems differently and so and and so i I came up with this little poem as I was studying for this about depression can eat just wanna sleep all the time, a good weight loss tool, but it wreaks havoc on the mind. Now to be truthful, I just, I, 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 just, I just came up with that, so I said I'll use it, but there's nothing good about depression. There's nothing good about discouragement. Often depression, and it is, often it's not something that we are that we have but it's something that we do it's our response to our problems because notice that when the angel of the Lord came to Elijah he asked him Elijah what are you doing here what are you doing here sitting here feeling sorry for yourself what are you doing here and and then we see that Elijah he replies That I've I've done the work of the Lord. Your your, your people have broken broken their promise to you. I've always done my best to obey you. And they torn down your altars and killed all your prophets except me. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Isn't that how it is that we feel like we're all alone? You feel like you're the only one. I'm the only one going through this. Nobody else understands. I'm the only one and, and, and and we, and we feel sorry for ourselves and we wallow in self pity and then we, we, we feel like that it's just us that nobody else understands and we have a victim mentality that I'm the only one, nobody else understands what I'm going through, but God wants, God, he has the remedy to bring you through. And so here it is that Elijah, he he had told, God told Elijah, he said, go and step on the mountain, go to the mountain. He told him, get in my presence. Moving on to our, to defeat our daily deeds. I have three G's for you. Three G's to defeat the daily deeds. Number one, get in his presence. He told Elijah, he said, get in my presence, go into the mountain and get in my presence because the enemy, he doesn't want you in God's presence. That is your weapon. Praise worship is your weapon. Prayer is your weapon. The word of God is your weapon. He told him, get in my presence. Get out of this cave because sometimes we find ourselves in a cave. We don't want to come to church. We don't want to be around anybody. We just want to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here in in this little cave that I made by myself, for myself. And, And nobody else is welcome here because I'm okay being by myself in my little cave, feeling sorry for myself. But God asked him, he said, what are you doing here? Notice that he didn't just ask him one time. He asked him twice, What are you doing here? And Elijah gave him the same response. It was word for word. It was like he memorized it. And isn't that how it is that we, in our minds, we have our, uh, our way to, to defend? I want to defend while I'm feeling sorry for myself i'm going to defend why i'm depressed i got a good reason to be depressed so let me be depressed let me feel sorry for myself because i got a good reason elijah thought he had a good reason to feel sorry for himself He, he, he thought he had a good reason to be depressed there's no good reason He answered word for word. And I think God asked him because he he was looking for Elijah to change his response. See, many times, God, he, he, he allows things, not that he brings them, but he allows it to see
1: how you will respond. How will you respond? Elijah, he gave the
0: same answer twice, not once, but twice with the same words. And many times when we, our response, our our response, it, it says who you are, not only to you, but to other people. What is your response? And that's when we have to ask ourselves, what is my response saying about me? What is my my response saying to the people who are watching me? What is my response saying to
1: God? Will I trust
0: Him? What is my response saying? Am I how are you responding? Do you respond when trouble comes? Do you respond with hatred? Do you respond with unforgiveness? Do you
1: respond with with uh, uh, self
0: pity? How do you respond? Because sometimes we don't check our responses because we react. We know how to react instead of taking a minute and saying, "Okay, how am I going to let this affect me? What is your response?" The second G, give yourself something to look forward to. And I, I, I have to go back because. See, you don't just wake up, depression. It is a, is pro, a progression to depression. You don't just wake up and you're depressed. And that's why I went there. Are, I, that's why I started with distraction and then discouragement because it's a progression and it's like a cancer. You know, there are stages of cancer. There's a, w- w- when you catch that uh, cancer and it's first and second stage, it's easy to, to, to be healed from. it. It's easier. But when you're in that third and fourth stage, that's when you're getting closer. They're, they're not giving you hope or you have, you have to go through chemo or, or, or they're saying that you only have so, so long to live. And that, la- that final stage, it's harder to be healed from it because of that final stage unless God steps in and gives you a miracle. So here, it's, so, it's, so it's a progression. I remember um, one night, uh, one morning I woke up and back of my neck was itching. And um, there were, then it was, start, bumps started uh, forming around it. And then all of a sudden I looked in the mirror and I had a, like a lesion of, of bumps on my chest and, and on my back. And I was like, Jesus, I was like, what, what, what in the world? And, and then I knew that something had bit me. And it was like it's it's it just just stay in the back of my neck, but it spread. And then I've uh, one day, though, no, because I I, I I didn't see what it was because it bit me while I was while I was asleep and it had never happened to me, so I didn't know what it was. But I saw that spider on the wall. And it was a it's a black house spider. And I had never heard of it. And, and so. I I looked it up on my phone, and and, and as we were driving here this morning, the Lord, the Holy Spirit was revealing revealing to me how discouragement is spreads. It spreads, and then it gets to the point of depression and, and despair when you feel like there's no way out. When you feel like that, 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 that all you want to do is die, like, woe is me, and, and all I want to do is die, it spreads. And that's how it was with, 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 that, with that spider bite. It's a progression. And not only that, but it spreads. If, and if you're not careful, the people that you hang around. That's why you have to watch the people that you hang around because when somebody is, is, is defeated and they want to wallow in self-pity and then that spirit will get on you. And, 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 and now I'm going to uh, 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 encourage you in your discouragement and, and then you tell me how bad it is for me and we'll just a- a- a build each other up in discouragement. It spreads. So th- that's why you have to nip it. You got to nip it in the bud. You got to kill it because it will, if you don't kill it, then it will kill your, your, your emotion. It will come against your emotions and bring death to your, to your thoughts and, and to your mind and your soul. You have to kill it. So number two, God gave him something to look forward to. You got to give yourself something to look forward to. God had told, God gave him an assignment. And, it, and it's so funny because when Elijah had responded with the same words, the same response the second time, it was like, God didn't even address it. He, he had said nothing about the prophets that Elijah was, had said that, that were dead. And, and now, and they, how they built altars, he didn't even address it. He told him, now I want you to go back the way you came. He gave him an assignment. See Elijah he had forgot about his purpose. He forgot about his, his, his reason for being on the earth because of fear. He moved out of his position. He moved from his post and God had to give him, set him back on track. Now you got work to do. I'm not done with you yet. You want to die, but you will live. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to go and anoint the next king. You're going to go and anoint your successor. And then in verse 19, it says, and Elijah, he went. He didn't, uh, he, he didn't try to discuss it. He didn't try to argue with God. He went and he did what God told him to do. He moved in obedience. Maybe God has given, has given you an assignment, but because of fear, you are stuck. God wants to move you because he has more for you. And He's saying, get up. We were singing that song this morning. I thank God. Get up out of that grave. God is wants to bring you up out of that grave that you have dug for yourself. That spiritual grave. God is saying, get up. Just like the the angel woke Elijah up, he said, get up and eat. God is saying, get up and eat my word. Get up and and, and come into my presence. God met him on the mountain in his presence. He said, get up. And and when I say give yourself something to look forward to, what is it? Maybe you might have to have set up some, some goals for yourself. Or even... It doesn't even have to be big. Something small. Treat yourself. I'm gonna uh, treat myself. You, you, you can treat yourself, uh, ladies. We like getting our hair done and getting our nails done and and and, and 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 pampering ourselves. Give yourself something to look forward to. Set goals for yourself so that when so that when the enemy comes to bring fear, you have those goals to look at. And know that God is not through with you yet. God has more for you to do. Give yourself something to look
1: forward to. God put him to
0: work. He said, you thought you were done. You thought that you came to this desert to die. But you're in this desert to get your next assignment. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. God will speak to you and he will give you your next assignment. And it's up to you. How will you respond? You're in this wilderness. See, Elijah, he had fled to a desert or otherwise known as a wilderness. You're in this wilderness temporarily. He refreshed him. He fed him. He let him sleep. Because he had more work for him to do. It was only temporary. And it's in your discouragement with God. He will commission you to purpose. He did the same thing with Moses. Moses was on the backside of the desert. He was in a wilderness. Moses ran away because of fear. But that's when God met him and said, Moses, there's a job that I have for you to do. It's time for you to move.
1: God's saying, I know you are
0: discouraged, but there's work to do. And then he told Elijah, he said, and by the way, you're not alone. He said, I got 7,000 other people who have not bowed down to Baal. There are other people. There are other. We have our brothers and sisters. He said that there are 7,000 other people and we have to, we need one another. We can't just do things on our own. We we, we need one another as sisters and brothers in Christ to lift up. We need to lift up each other. We need to uh, pray for one another. We need one another. And God, let him know that you're, Elijah, you're not alone.
1: Ask God to give
0: you vision. Lord, let me see the vision for my life. I know that I'm not on this earth just for nothing. Give me vision so that I can see what you want me to do. So I can see what you
1: see. The third G, give thanks.
0: Because it is your praise. It is your, word. I'm a worshiper. It is your praise and your worship. When you stand with praise, when you use your weapons that God has given to you, give thanks. It's it's hard to be depressed. It's hard to be down when you're praising God. It's hard to be down when you're lifting your hands and and you are going through and you're reading the Psalms. I love David because the the Psalms, they were always, they were, a lot of the Psalms, David would start off with, with, with a sorry, on a sorry note. But by the end of that psalm, though, he's praising God. He's giving God glory because he knew who God was. That even though he said, soul, why art thou disquieted within me? Why are you down? Why are you depressed? But he said, but I will hope. He made a decision. I will put my hope in God. So you have to make a decision to give thanks and praise God. You don't have to stay where you're at. God has everything that you need. God has everything that you need for you to move. For you to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he has put in your life. And he has given, shown you. Do not allow the enemy to erase what God has shown you. What has he shown you? What has God told you? Because it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. God has the power to overcome everything that happens in the natural, every problem, every fear. God wants to give you what you need if you will trust Him and go and move. Just like Elijah, it says, and Elijah went. He didn't stay there, but he got up and he moved. Come on and stand to your feet. Amen. We just, I just pray that there was something that I said to encourage you, to let you know that you are not alone, that God loves you, because the enemy, he would want us to feel like that God doesn't love us to get us to question not God's existence but God's character that God does not love me because see we know that there is a God so he won't try to get you to question God's existence but he'll get you to question God's character because we but when you know that God is love and that when you know what His word says that he won't leave you and he won't forsake you then you, And when you know who God is, and then, then you will know who you are. God will show you who you are. He will show you the power that you have when you know who he is. I just want to open up the altar. Maybe you may be experiencing discouragement. Maybe you may be a, a feeling that the enemy is trying to come against you to distract you to take your focus off God. Maybe you may be feeling yourself going into depression and and you're feeling down and you feel like that you don't know what to do in your situation. That unless God moves, unless God does something that it won't get done. God wants to let you know that I'm here. That he is the defender. That he will defend, he will fight for you. I just want to invite you to come up, if you would like, for prayer. Because God wants you free. God wants us free. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your mighty power. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we just ask that as we leave this place, God, that we would know who you are and we would know who we are. That we would know your power, God, that you came to set us free. That we don't have to be distracted. We don't have to be discouraged or depressed, God. But that you have the power to set us free. And Father God, right now we just thank you, Lord, for giving us the strength to fight against the enemy, against the wiles of the devil, God. And Father, we just ask that you will just meet each one of us where we're at. We thank you, Lord God, for meeting us where we're at, God, in our situation, Lord. And we thank you for bringing victory in Jesus' name. And we say amen.